please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Good morning to you on this Friday, October the 9th, 2015. Time now for the Elder Law Report with Greg McIntyre from McIntyre Elder Law in Shelby, North Carolina. Greg and Hayden are here along with special guests today, Patty McMurray from Hospice. Good morning, folks. Morning, Milton. Good morning. Can you hear me in there? Got you loud and clear. Coming the mics you, are good. Coming in from the uh, TV studio where... You can tune in and check you folks out. That's on right. KTC we're we're in the octagon. We're in the octagon. I, I'm I'm with with two lovely ladies in here: Hayden Soloway on my right and Patty McMurray on my left from Hospice Cleveland County. Is that correct? Right. Correct. Okay. Hospice, Cleveland County. How, how long have you been with Hospice? Twenty-five Patty? years. Twenty-five years. And we're going to talk uh, Hospice today. What it is? Uh, talk about any misconceptions. Uh, what hospice does, and and how just it's just an amazing service and ministry really uh, to the community, um, and we'll get into that in a second. Milton, how was your week? Okay, Milton's on the Milton's on a call. Milton's on a call. All right, I'd like to invite anyone who has any questions to call in. Uh, call in W O H S. We gave away some uh, gift certificates last week. Do we have any this week to give away? Yeah, we, we do. do? Okay, and those are what? $20 gift certificates yeah. to Golden, Golden Corral? Corral? And we did a quiz last week to give those away. Gave away a couple. Well, we'll see how the show goes. We'll come up with See that. how the show goes? Yeah. I think we need to give away those gift certificates to the first two callers that has a question for Patty McMurray about hospice or a comment about hospice care. We have two $20 each gift certificates to Golden Corral. Take your family out. First two callers that have a question for Patty McMurray about hospice care or a comment about hospice care Cleveland County gets those dis- gift certificates. Do you have those with I you, have Hayden? I with me, and we can leave them here. We'll the leave them at the radio station or for callers to, to pick up. We'll work out something. Let's, let's leave them at the radio station for callers okay. to pick up. Very good. They can pick them up uh, after the show, anytime today, okay? So, So, uh, you know, it's been uh, an entire series of shows. Uh, I was just talking to Patty about how this thing started out as kind of me just blasting out to the community what elder law is and how to protect your hard-earned money and property. And then we've just gotten into our continu- continuum of care series from in-home care with Bayada and Amber Mitchell to um, life enrichment with Susie Kennedy and adult daycare um, to, to uh, what's that? Access. Access health care. Uh, and care for, yes care solutions mm-hmm. as well as journey had journey on sure did. um and just had we've Lynn been Lynn Byers and, Byers and yes we did and it's just we've just been very blessed and we've really kind of gone along just all a lot of different options that senior seniors have for care asset protection with Jamie Richard um and and, and now we have have hospice here today um Patty 
Let's talk a little bit about hospice today. You ready to do that? I can talk a lot about You can talk a lot about hospice? Okay. All right. Um, The names that you were mentioning, uh, Nancy and Jamie and and Susie Kennedy, those people were very instrumental in helping start hospice. Okay. Um, One thing about our community that we found everywhere we go, in conferences, um, seminars, everything, every place that we go, Cleveland County is very unique because our agencies tend not to compete with each other but to help each other out. It's a, a great place to live. It's a, a great place to uh, raise a family and um, become old. Um, I'll tell you that next Tuesday is our 30th anniversary at hospice. Next Tuesday, we took in our first patient 30 years ago. So we're celebrating 30 years in the Shelby Star, the newspaper. We'll have an insert, uh, which is a 12-page insert, all about Hospice Cleveland County, how we were formed, uh, where we are today. Uh, As of today, we have taken care of over 10,000 people who have died in Cleveland County. Wow. So that's uh, in 30 years. Uh, We were one of the first hospices in North Carolina. Now, you stop me if I'm talking too much, okay, and you want to ask me questions? No. No, please. So much about it. Very passionate about it. Um, the way I came to hospice, my two grandmothers died the same year. One grandmother died at the hospital, lots of tubes. Um, you know, every two hours, two family members could go in to see her. Um, when it looked like she wasn't going to live much longer, the nurse came out and um, said, two family members can go and be with your mom while she dies. Um, my mother had seven children in the family. She happened to be the second oldest, so she got to be with her mom, and everybody else was in the waiting room waiting. Um, shortly after that, my other grandmother got sick. She had colon cancer, and she was dying. That happened to be the first year that Hospice Cleveland County started. Mm-hmm. She was one of their first patients, and everybody was at the house. She died at home in her own bed. All of us were there. All the grandchildren were there. It, totally two different kinds of deaths. And that's how Hospice Cleveland County got started because there were people in our area who had heard about hospices. Uh, it's a pretty new concept. The first hospice in America was in 1974. Okay. So it's very new. And you know now just about every county and every state in America has a hospice. Mm-hmm. And every country really has, uh, has hospices. Um, but it's a new, it was a new concept at that time. But people just realized that... Um, It was kind of like birth, you know, women used to be put to sleep when they had babies, and they would wake up, and they'd have a baby, and then um, natural childbirth started, and and things just started getting back to nature, and and the concept of death also got that way. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think things are coming around full circle, like, like, just like the birth thing, you know, for probably ever, you know, since human beings were human beings, women were having babies you know right, were in right. the cave or at home or wherever you know what that's i mean right. and and then and then um and then you know the modern medicine maybe you're, you're right we we went a little overboard with the modern medicine and right. and uh well you know, and, yeah. that, and that happened with death and dying also. and death and dying also yeah. I mean, and you, you, you know you used to die at home i guess with your family that's right yeah and if you ask people you know 95 percent of the people that you ask how would you like to die everybody says at home well, way less than half of the people die at home. Right. And, and everybody wants to, you know, but there's so many things that, that prohibit that, mm-hmm. and there's so much fear in that, and like you say, modern medicine, you know. Sure. You can keep people going for a long, long time. Yeah, and sometimes you're trying to do good, and you're trying to, you know, those things you can go too far sometimes right. maybe, right? right. And, and it's the whole, the whole care system. So you're trying to achieve maybe some 
I look quality. at it as maybe some quality and balance that's there right. in the care system to and, get and back. I like that away. get back to nature a little bit. That's right. yeah. And, and, yeah. And take that fear away. But people are afraid. And um, that's what we do at hospice is journey through pe- journey with people through this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had people before when we've called and wanted to set up an admission time and, and you know, people are afraid and they'll say, Oh gosh, if hospice comes in, mom's gonna die and the thing about it is mom is gonna die right and so well, we we, uh, we all are i right. guess and, and we, <laughs> i'm gonna be frozen <laughs> really yeah i don't know was michael jackson frozen he uh-huh. really oh okay walt disney ted williams was walt disney yeah. was He's okay the first one I ever me and ted and walt disney yeah, out in the freezer. Time, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay um but that's what we want to do is, is get in and, and help make that experience um as good as possible and and the, the scary part about hospice it's only the first 30 minutes of that first visit and and i promise you you know and i will tell people if, if we come in in five minutes after explaining what we can do if if you want us to leave we will leave in five minutes it's never happened that we've had to leave people are always just very complimentary and um relieved actually you know on our first visit we put uh, our telephone number, give it to them 24-7 that they can call for a nurse to come and visit. And that's even just having that number, where they, whether they call or not, um, is, is so much security to them. You don't have to take somebody to the hospital. You don't have to wonder. Um, you know, we, we are real involved in pain and symptom control. Um, doctors, you know, I had, had a conversation with a doctor one time. He said, you know, we're really taking care of our patients really well. And so what can you do better? Well, I explained, you know, when people come to the doctor, they're in pain, you know, and you get pain medication and a prescription. But when that person leaves with that prescription, it doesn't mean they have the money to be able to buy that prescription. Right. It doesn't mean that that, that they are aware that that pain medication is going to cause constipation. And so there are other things that go, go along with this illness and just that one pain prescription that our nurses can really address. And and have people as comfortable as possible, teach families how to take care of their loved one, got that number to call 24 hours a day, got grief counselors, chaplains, social workers. Um, our nurse, our uh, director of nursing, Leanne, she said many times, the, the easy part of hospice work is what the nurse goes out and does. Get the symptoms, get, get the pain and those kinds of things managed, but then the hard part of the dying process starts. It's those um, those those um, fears and those thoughts and those dark nights and those um, emotional and spiritual and mental things that that um, you have, that people are dealing with. Now, I, I left here phone. last week, and in the car, was listening to NPR, mm-hmm. and there was a lady on that had just written a book. I wish I I think I jotted down the name of the book. I need to go read it. Um, but it was about her experiences as a hospice care provider and nurse and talking about the emotional side. And really, a lot of who she was catering to not was not only the patient who was you know, going through the, the dying process, but, but also the family, maybe the, the wife who was trying. She was talking about a specific instance where there was a wife. Was, she was just really upset, you know. Food is such a part of, you know, the family, eating mm-hmm. and, you know, cooking for, for the family. And, and she was still trying to feed her husband right. and upset that he wouldn't eat. He didn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. 
and and she, she's you know had to counsel the family and the right. and the wife that sometimes in that process the body stops being hungry. That's right. You don't need the food because that's a lot of our focus. Down. Um, is the family because the hospice is is special in that um, the patient and the family are our unit of care. So the focus is on each of those individuals as much as that patient. Oftentimes we'll go in and the patients are they're really doing fine. They know what's coming. They've accepted it. You know they've struggled. Maybe they've had a lot of treatments. Maybe they've suffered a lot and they're really fine. But that those family members, it's hard to let somebody go. Um, you know, we've had children, we've had young people. Well, we, we had a patient who was 102 years old, and his wife was still still living. And she, it was not time for him to go. She did not want to let him go, even though he was 102. Mm-hmm. So our, our counselors and our chaplain and social workers really um, help those families come to terms with those things. Okay. So a lot of our focus is on the family members. And sometimes when we come in, um, patients are often relieved that they can finally say, you know, I don't want to go to dialysis anymore. I don't want to have another treatment, and I don't want to go back to the hospital. And and they can say that because they, they have that support, and they know that, that those um, team members are going to be there to help their family. Um, I think this is an amazing topic, by the way. There are just so many things that you're talking about right now, that things that are going through my head about... <laughs> ethical discussions and situations that we've been having as a society over the last really 30 years. I remember even the 80s growing up, and this was a big topic. Um, and and we were looking at the history of hospice. Now, hospice, the word, comes from where, Patty? It comes from the Middle Ages. Um, and what, what a hospice was, um, it was a resting place for weary travelers. Yeah, okay, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the eleven it dates back to the eleventh century, really. The idea mm-hmm. of hospice. Right. It was almost or, or, like a, like we don't. They didn't have hotels. Yeah. So if people would um, allow weary travelers to rest in their home, mm-hmm. then they would put a lighted candle in their window, and that kind of signaled that that weary travelers could stop. safe place to stay. Safe place to stay. From this jur- from this place to the next place. Now, when we um, built our hospice house and our mm-hmm. office where we are now, um, we, they were going to let us change the name of the road. And um, we thought really hard about what we wanted to name that road. So the name is Wendover, Wendover Heights mm-hmm. Drive. And wind means to go from this place to the next. And so that's what hospice, hospice does. Um, it helps travelers from this life go to the next life with, with quality. That's that's a really cool explanation. It is better than the the Wikipedia a, explanation that I got. Right, education. I got. It is. Yeah, but but it doesn't contradict what no Wiki it doesn't. Said. It, 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 just, it goes along it, with with what it said. Mm-hmm. And hospice, the word specifically coming from hospitality. 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 Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. similar to hospitality. Um, one of one of the things that I think a lot of people I have elder elderly parents mom and dad you're doing fine everything's good uh they're 91 and 92 but they've had their health problems but i can't bring myself to talk to them about the things that they want the things that that they need to do and so do you have that counseling available to people we do in the community you don't have to um you don't have to be a hospice patient okay to come and or you know involved with hospice to come Mm -hmm. to any of our grief support programs um, to have any of our counseling or any of our like social work um, help with doing living wills and, and mm-hmm. health care power of attorneys and those kinds of things. 
But um, Medicare requires us to talk to all of our patients and families about living wills and health care power of attorneys. And um, I will tell you that it, things go a lot smoother when those things have been done early. Okay. Um, rather than when somebody's in a crisis and they're sick and this is coming and then you have to make quick decisions. So what we try to do is we try to talk to the public all the time about doing health care power of attorneys and living wills. And really, the health care power of attorney, that's the most important uh, document that we feel like. Uh, it doesn't go into effect. You know, so somebody will say, well, what if I want such and such? And my daughter says, no, she wants this. A health care power of attorney doesn't go into effect until a patient can't make their own decisions. Yeah. You can still make your own decisions with a health care power of attorney. That's right. You'd only need somebody to step in for you if you were you incompetent, incapacitated, That's you know, right. one of those situations. That's right. It needs to be somebody that you really trust and somebody that knows what you would want. I mean, you know, my family knows that I... I don't want to be on any machines. I don't want a feeding tube. I don't want to be put on a vent. I mean, not even for a little while. Right. Um, I don't think my husband could, could say, okay, I don't think he could, but my daughter could. And so she's my health care power of attorney because she, well, she's a nurse, and she knows what the outcome is going to be, and um, she will make that, that um, decision like I would make that decision. So those documents are, we leave them in the home on our first visit, and um, explain that you know our social workers are notaries and they can come out and help and oftentimes it's easy to get a patient to do a health care power of attorney and living will when the whole family does them so we'll just have the whole family do complete their documents at that time one of the things that we provide at our office is a planning book mm-hmm. it's an estate planning book but it it has a place to put everything, all of the information mm-hmm. that your heirs need to know, and it falls along the lines of what you're doing. And we provide those so that it makes it easier for the family to right. know where the insurance comes from, how much insurance there is, how much is in mm-hmm. their investment, who their investment banker is, or where their bank accounts are. So we have those uh, should anyone need them. Right. I tell you, that is so important. And I think that, that um, the general population does not know how important that is. Mm-hmm. But working at hospice, I mean, we know that those things are important because we see, um, you know, we see bank accounts being closed because until, until a will is probated and those kinds of things, um, you have to have all those things in place. And where's the, where's the life insurance policy? Where's the burial policy? I mean, people don't start looking for those until they need them. The journey notebook is another thing. That's an excellent. That's good. I mean, that is so top-notch. Mm-hmm. For $20, mm-hmm. you get, so, uh, you know, this notebook has just everything you need for yourself and your family, for all the resource contacts, to a place to store all your important documents right there. Yeah, who is the lady that we've met her before? She really is a proponent of this book and carries hers in her trunk with everything, even her divorce papers she brags about. <laughs> but uh, even the photograph that you want put in the paper and, right. and the list of people you want notified. So there are things like that that can be dealt with, I think, right. with you and you encompassing all of the hospice people. Um, well, we helped put that journey notebook together years ago. Yeah. We all got together and helped put it together. Um, to help people think about things on the front side. 
you know, before you're in like a, I say, you know, a crisis and, and you're having to come up with these things. Um, I don't think people realize things that happen after the death. You know, you have you have to change up the, where the money's going to, everything on the, the bank accounts and um, who the beneficiaries are. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. And if you do that on the front side, unless you it's do it ahead scary. of time, that's right. exactly right. When I sit and down with a scary. senior or a couple or family, you know, I like to have all the decision makers there. Um, you know, if if you if you want your kids there, I tell I say bring them in, mm-hmm. okay, or I'll come to you. And we sit down and talk about the importance of, you sound like me, talking about health care powers of attorney and living wills. Mm-hmm. Right. For instance, ours dovetail together. Our, our living will states your intent for a desire for a natural death. Mm-hmm. I, almost hate the, I almost don't like the term living will, by the way. I said that last week mm-hmm. because it's somewhat... Well, that's it's not a, what man's name. It's a really it's soft declaration term for of what it is. a good death. A yeah. Declaration, declaration uh, of a for, desire for a natural declaration death. Declaration for a desire. Or of a desire for a natural natural death. Yes, which not to be confused with a will, because some, you know, I've got got my living will in place. Well, that's (coughs) much different than your will. That's right. And and ours would do a statement of intent um, that you know you don't wish to be maintained by artificial machinery. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're terminal, incurable, for instance, brain death has occurred, things like that. Um, And and uh, uh, and a release of liability. For your attorney, in fact, your healthcare mm-hmm. attorney, in fact, your healthcare agent, and the and the uh, the medical staff and facility for honoring your wishes. Right. Um, but the healthcare power of attorney, if we're playing cards, Patty, and I have the healthcare power of attorney, and you have the living will, my healthcare powers of attorney is going to trump your living will because I'm going to leave a human element in the healthcare power of attorney That's that right. says that you know because you know I may know my family member a lot better than people who just met her recently. Like the, the staff, right. and and I might say, you know, we we need to wait a few days on this, mm-hmm. you know, and it gives me the power in there to do that, mm-hmm. but also takes that guilt ridden decision off of somebody who might have a hard time making That's it. That's right. Like your husband. That's right. Or or uh, um, you know, and uh, you know, just takes that off their shoulders. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, that can be very important as mm-hmm. well. Right. So, so I'm, I want someone to be able to make that decision that contradicts my living will. If they see things, if, if they that, see something, right? I can't yeah. make that decision. I think that's important. That's mm-hmm. how we're ours differ a little bit than the norm. Okay, and and I think that's extremely important. Is leaving the human element in the healthcare power of attorney. That's something I'm. Well, that's that's one thing that modern yeah. medicine has taken away is right. a human element. I mean, right. it really has. Yeah. Um, because the, the medical model is about the medications and, and treatments and that kind of thing. When I first started at hospice in 1990, in 1991 was when the living will and healthcare power of attorney conversation started. Right. And that was because of um, Cruzan and, and th- those different cases where you could keep somebody alive for years, mm-hmm. for yeah. decades, actually. Yeah. Right. And, and then the conversations you know, came up, do you, do you want to leave that in the medical community's hands? As to um, preserving life at any cost, or do people need to have that that, like you say, human element into yeah. um, into their their end of life situation? So. Where would your libertarian leanings? What would they say? I do have some. <laughs> hey, uh, let me say? make the decision. Let me let you and your family make that personal decision. Right. We we got off into some very morbid subjects. 
this oh, morning. Yes. We I, I said, don't bring it up. Don't talk about Gavorkin. We haven't. We haven't. Um, That's totally off topic. And yeah. Subject. yeah. Uh, but it, it's just let me make the decision and then allow me also to give that decision to someone else should they have a better perspective than I because mm-hmm. if I'm medicated and I can't really make those decisions right, right, and right. can't see the all have, with a clear head. Yeah. With a clear head. But you mentioned something a while ago about um, having uh, assets tied up in Mm -hmm. a will. Mm -hmm. That's what impressed me so much about one of the things that you do is passing things outside of the will. Oh, yeah. So that they aren't tied up in probate and they're not subject to a lien. I mean, I've got an article on my website, mcelderlaw.com, that's our will's obsolete. That's the question I ask. And, uh, you know, I think it's important. There's still foundational documents to pass things where they need to go but there's so many other options now i mean make sure your beneficiary your primary and secondary beneficiaries are set up so so and you're are still alive ira 401ks yeah oh well, we and, give annual- and, and the people are, yeah and the people that are the beneficiaries are still alive that would and be we, important we give annual checkups mm-hmm. we do we do annual checkups things like that plans. happen yeah. and but people don't a, think about it's important documents. to to, to address those things pre-planning so many uh banks now Banks are starting to catch up to this, and credit unions mm-hmm. especially. They'll allow what's called a POD, payable on death, okay, um, account or beneficiary, really, on a checking or savings account even, mm-hmm. okay, um, as opposed to what you used to have to do and what you still do at some banks, or you have to make that person a joint account holder right. with rights of survivorship. Mm-hmm. So they can, But they have some control in that account. You may want that person to have control, but you may not. You want to mm-hmm. keep... You may want to keep that person out of meddling in the account, but but get that money ultimately if you pass away. Mm-hmm. So it gives you ultimate leverage and flexibility there, and it doesn't go through the probate estate or the will. Um, you can make your property, your house that way, um, very simply with deeds. Um, you know, there's just simple planning that you can do that uh, that doesn't take a lawyer, but but it takes sometimes me sitting down with that family and going through. And that's what hospice does pretty much. They make you aware of where you can be cared for, how you can be cared Mm -hmm. for, what type of care you want. And your new facility in Kings Mountain, I went to the opening and the uh, ribbon cutting. Oh, incredible. I I said, do you rent your rooms on the weekend? That's what people say. I'm serious. It's it looks like a ski chalet or something, mm-hmm. like a mountain, right, right. mountain think, place. Yeah. A yeah. spa. We a do spa. have a spa in there. And we have a massage therapist mm-hmm. for our patients and their family members. And a beautiful garden. And a beautiful And, and everybody's garden. door opens to the outside. Right. It's gorgeous. And oh. all the furniture is it looks like a hotel except for right. the, hotel, the hospital right. bed. Um, I tell you, we're very fortunate in Cleveland County because um, we get a lot of donations and a lot of support. And that's one reason why we want to provide like exceptional care. Because people trust us to take care of their loved ones and, and trust us to be good stewards of their money. So our buildings are paid for very quickly. Um, the rooms are named, um, you know, memorialized in people's names um, very quickly. And, and I feel like that's a, a compliment to our staff for the care that they give to, to patients and families. How, are, how is it funded? If I wanted to go into hospice, how would I pay for it? Okay, how that, do we pay for hospice care? How do you pay question. for hospice care? Okay, so I'm, I was Hayden glad that you can ask that. Um, this is something I think that the public does not realize is that hospice 
um, that Medicare recipients, who most of our patients, you know, Mm -hmm. are older, or the majority are older, um, 65 and older, they have Medicare. When you are a hospice patient, Medicare has a benefit called a hospice benefit. That, that benefit pays for everything that hospice does. It pays oh. for all the staff. It pays for any equipment that has to be rented. It pays for oxygen. It pays for um, Is that any for in-home supplies. care or the hospice house stay? Well, I'm gonna, okay, we're talking about in-home right now. And is that the supplement or before the supplement before. kicks in? Before. Before. So just regular Medicaid that every senior has. Medicare. 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 Right. Medicare. Every Medicare, Medicare right. that every senior has right. has a hospice care has a hospice benefit. Hospice benefit. And that benefit also covers 100% of all the medications that that patient's taken. So sometimes we can get in there and save patients and families thousands and thousands of dollars a month. Right. Because um, anything pertaining to that illness, you know, if you have heart disease, and that, that's what our primary diagnosis is, anything that you're taking for that heart disease, even if it's over the counter, it's paid for 100% with that Medicare benefit. A lot of that's people amazing. don't know that. Uh, the only criteria to be a hospice patient is uh, the, the doctor feels like if the illness follows its normal course, that you have uh, the patient will live six months or less. Now, we have patients for a lot longer than that. But our median length of stay is 11 days. That means that 50% of our patients die within 11 days after we admit them. So they're not being able to access that Medicare benefit and, and get all those things paid for. And, I mean, that, that is the one thing about hospice care that keeps me awake at night is knowing that there are so many people who could benefit, you know, from having that support of the staff that they can call, but also financially because being sick is very expensive. What about in the uh, hospice care there at the facility? Okay, at the facility. And Medicaid. Um, if you, you don't have very much time. So okay, okay. so um, some of our beds are like residential, which is like in-home. That has a daily room and board fee. It's about $140 a day. But everything else is paid for. But if you're in a GIP, which is like an, an inpatient or crisis similar to a hospital, it's paid 100%. So um, that Medicare benefit is, is so incredibly important. Um, we work with a, a hospice pharmacy, so all the medications are ordered by the nurse and they're delivered right to the patient's door. And we've got a lot of elderly people in Cleveland County who are our patients. They can't get in the car and go get a prescription and go to the, to the drugstore and wait on that. And so we, we just try to make um, everything as comfortable and, and the highest quality possible. So the nurse orders the medicine, Hospice Medicare pays for it. It's delivered right to the door um, so that people can spend their time, you know, on the things that they enjoy. Well, Patty, this is we've been with Patty McMurray today. Amazing, knowledgeable person about hospice and hospice Cleveland County and end-of-life care. Thank you so much for the very beneficial information for the community. And uh, it's nice to know that we do recognize on a state level um, and probably somewhat on a federal level, um, just uh, how important uh, hospice is, say, including that to in Medicare. Plan. That's right, correct. Right. To to uh, to take care of and to, and to fund that that issue, right? right? And, anybody can make yeah. a referral to hospice also, so let me throw that in. Okay. If you know anybody who uh, you just feel like, you know, somebody that's suffering mm-hmm. seems to not be getting better, um, they can anybody can call our office anonymously, give us a name, and, and we'll um, talk to the doctor and see if they're eligible. And if they're not, 
you know, we just file that away. And if they are, it can be the greatest gift that you can give what's, to somebody. What's the phone number? What, what number would they call? 704-487-4677. That was timely. <laughs> that, was, that was Milton. <laughs> All right. Is so it, we're out of time, folks. We're getting the, we're getting the hook. We have some more questions. We will call you. The okay. audience can call you. Oh, yeah. Uh, ask, right. They can tell you. You can talk to them about Medicaid and the fears that some people have that they're going to go there because you're wanting them to die. Mm-hmm. Give them the shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that. Call Patty or call someone at hospice. Please, please. Thank you. And then I'm going to call you, too. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be here next week. Um, Greg McIntyre, Hayden Soloway, the elder law guy with the Elder Law Report uh, after Swap and Shop next Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, if you need to call me, 704-259-7040, mention code word radio. I'd be glad to sit down with you with a free consultation with you and your family and discuss planning for protecting your hard-earned money and property. And we didn't give away the Golden we didn't give away. Certificates. We'll keep them for next time. Next week, tune in. Keep them for next time. Yep. You might be a winner. All right. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Elder Law Report. As Greg and Hayden said, we'll see you again next week right after Swap Shop and News and Weather at 10 o'clock. Take care. I like the music you play. The music's great. The New Country, WHS Shelby, WLON Lincoln, WCSL Cherryville Gastonia. Online at kdcbroadcasting.com. Hi, I'm Greg McIntyre. Things get slow, tomorrow's never promised today Don't get too busy and let it all slip away Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Foundational planning or more complex We can help when you're perplexed If a loved one needs long-term care We can help avoid some of the scare Please don't wait till it's too late Call McIntyre Elder Law Estate planning benefits and even probate We take the planning piece off your plate. If you or your spouse were in the military, we can help with benefits for your family. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre.